Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Market Call Show. This is Louis Giannis. Today, I'm going to be talking about a bunch of things that I'm seeing on my desk. Primarily, what I'm seeing is a lot of people waiting. Many people have stopped plans for retiring, selling a business, selling a company stock that took a hit, uh, moving, selling their house, buying another house because of rising interest rates, selling rental properties. A lot of people are in wait mode. And that's what I'm going to be talking about because we see a lot of concerns, not only for the economy, this is the current situation, but we also see some people that are showing concern about the elections, which is a shocker. Uh, people are concerned about the appearance of something a little fishy with slow counts, mail-in ballots, potential conflicts of interest in the counting with key swing states, and how everything seems to be turning in only in one direction with those slow counts. I don't know if there's anything like fraud or anything, but there's definitely a big segment of people that are concerned about that. Very quietly, they're telling us this. Very interesting thing to see. This is the problem. This is the situation that we're seeing right now. Just got some news, and we knew that Amazon was likely to lay off a bunch of people. Can you believe it? Amazon, the number one retailer, the retailer that we all love to buy stuff. In fact, half this equipment, and I've got a bunch of equipment here to run a podcast, half of this stuff was bought on Amazon. You think about everything that was bought on Amazon in your household today. How many boxes have you received on your report, your porch that you've had to recycle? And what is what does that mean when they announce that they're going to lay off? I think I saw a number of something like 10,000 people. What does that mean? Well, uh, I think that's pretty crazy. Amazon to lay off thousands of employees. According to Reuters, Amazon is planning to lay off around 10,000 employees in corporate and technology roles beginning this week. Okay, so maybe they're just cutting the fat. Maybe uh, people are still delivering goods and services. They just figured out how to be more streamlined with the uh, corporate employees and technology employees. A person familiar with the matter said on Monday in what amounted to its biggest such reduction to date. Okay, I don't know who that person is. I don't know how uh, reliable this is, but this is according to Reuters. But what I want to do is I want to actually... Uh, tell you what I'm looking at in terms of what that means. If you look here, this is a chart of Amazon stock. You can see Amazon stock took a big run up and now uh, it hit a peak here. What was that peak that it hit? It hit a peak right at around-ish, somewhere around 185, 186, somewhere around there. And now it's down to 102. That's a big decline. That's a big decline. And which, what you can notice is that it's actually at what's called a support level, a level that we saw back in July of 2018, where uh, basically there was buying interest, and that's called role reversal support. And that's a key area that I, I personally will be looking at, because I think this gives us a clue about what's happening with the economy. You know, if, if we see a situation where this Amazon stock breaks below that key support level, that is a good indication that we have more downside in this economy. So that's why I want to watch that level. 101, 100, somewhere around there, we really need to see Amazon stock hold that level. This is something that I'm a little bit concerned about because there are more signs that we need to actually uh, get this economy back on track. One of the things that I've noticed 
is that many of the stocks that have been reporting earnings, they've been okay earnings, not, not too bad. Uh, but you know, you have to keep in mind that those earnings that we're seeing right now are from the past. They're not, they're not uh, forward looking. And uh, people will, who are optimistic will say, hey, well, you know, uh, those earnings weren't so bad. And I'm not necessarily pessimistic. I'm just talking about what the situation is right now and what the implications are for, uh, because of what we're seeing right now. Okay, so another thing that, that hit the wire uh, today that was interesting was Bernard says Fed should probably soon slow the pace of rate hikes. Now, this is something that I talked about recently in my podcast that we were probably going to see more and more uh, pressure from various constituents to stop the rate hikes going so fast. That makes total sense. Uh, you know, you don't want to you don't want to kill the economy too fast. But we are seeing a lot of people that have literally put the brakes on economic activity. We're seeing it right now. Okay, I mean, I can tell you stories right now. Those that list that I talked about earlier, uh, and when and in the opening today, that was a list of real client calls, clients that said, "Hey, I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to sell my business now." Hey, remember how I was talking about getting those rental properties and selling them and retiring? Mm, I don't think I want to do that. Or, you know, I was going to sell my house and my price, I was just not able to get a good price because of the rates. So I'm just going to take it off the market. Oh, you know how I was talking about how I was going to move to Florida or whatever state? I'm, I think I'm not going to do that anymore. Or, you know, I had some new business plans and I was going to grow my business. Mm, I think I'm not going to make that investment just yet. We'll take a look. Uh, it seems to me that is the situation that we're in. That is recessionary, um, and it's not the end of the world. And what I'm concerned about and what I want to talk about today is that's the implication, right? The implication, recession, implication, uh, maybe, maybe more downside with some companies. But you know what's really interesting is that we're seeing companies that have fast growth that are actually showing signs of stability and breaking out and moving higher. So we've had a, a really a, a kind of complete overhaul of the kind of companies that we have in the portfolios right now. And uh, yesterday I was listening to a analyst for a company called AssetMark, which uh, they're, they're basically consultants where they have a lot of different types of strategists that they follow. They have chartered financial analysts that are, you know, looking at doing due diligence on these managers and they track the performance and they were just going through and talking about a whole bunch of different performance measures. And uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, a lot of those active managers outperformed the 60-40 portfolio, 60% stock, 40% bond. And uh, the big winners was Managed Futures, the, the trend following, the, the managers that basically are designed to capture trends both long and short in a bunch of different asset classes. And that's primarily because we saw commodities move big and currencies in particular to, particularly move big. Uh, mostly to the downside, non-U.S. currencies moving down relative to the U.S. dollar. Uh, short, most of the money has been made in the short side of the market. And so if you haven't been able to short, you haven't been able to really make money. Uh, and, and most managers who are long only, whenever you get into these types of situations, they tend to lose money. But you know what's interesting is, uh, as you probably know, this is not um, my first rodeo, our first rodeo. When you have this kind of a situation, there's a lot of opportunities that are developing, and that's what I'm seeing right now. What I'm seeing right now is there's companies that are still moving forward with new innovations. There are, uh, you know, 
there are people who are not keeping their eye on the ball. So my goal for you, for me, for us as smart investors, hopefully we can be on the smart side of things, is for us to not get so caught up with all this noise, but keep our eye on the ball in terms of how to keep opportunities on our radar, looking for them rather than just kind of moping about what's happening right now. I, I feel like a lot of people want to mope. Almost, it's almost like it's almost like we want to say, uh, you know, talk about all the things that are wrong. And uh, because we want to talk about those things that are wrong, uh, we don't really talk about the solutions. So what I want to talk about right now is more about the solution. I want to talk about what I call ICA, Intelligent Capital Advantage. And, and I think this is something that could work for anybody. This is something that is really a way of life, a way of thinking as an investor that is more oriented towards keeping your eye on the ball consistently. So what is Intelligent Capital Advantage? I call it ICA for short. It's really three guiding principles, three guiding principles that I consider a relatively unique philosophy. And the first part of it, the I, if you will, is intelligent portfolio construction, how you put together that portfolio. The portfolios need to be well diversified. They need uh, to really have an enhanced way of looking at a variety of marketing market conditions so that it's not stuck in any one type of environment. You, you construct your portfolios, you know, portfolios in a way that can adapt to a wide variety of market environments, not just long only buying the indexes. So intelligent portfolio construction, the strategies need to be flexible to adapt the holdings to match the opportunities that are available in the marketplace today, which means you need to be much more open-minded. <laughs> Speaking of open-minded, I read an article that was very interesting. If you don't really know much about me, I love music. I love playing guitar. I have one of my guitars behind me. Um, and I, I like progressive rock. I like metal. I like, I like classical music. And, and I, I, it's interesting, I read this article that said that people who like classical music also tend to like heavy metal. And I thought, well, that's me. I like intricate, heavier rock. And uh, it also falls in line with people that like classical music. And the psychology, this, there was an article, and I believe it was by Psychology Today. It was a psychological thing. They found that people who like heavy metal and who like classical music are very open-minded and think outside the box. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So when it comes to portfolio construction that's consistent, I believe you should be able to be open-minded about where you're going to go and not be stuck in some box that you learned in college or the Chartered Financial Analyst program, but look at what's happening and be open-minded into how you construct your portfolios. Now, the second part of this philosophy that I think is a solution for what we're seeing right now is capital allocation. That's what the C stands for. Capital allocation. The capital allocation part of this has to do with methodically investing in attractive opportunities. So you have to have a way where you are rating consistently and ranking opportunities that are in the marketplace today to find the ones that are the most attractive systematically. We literally put a number on that. We have it, we call it an opportunity score. Sometimes we call it a we call it a signal strength score, and it's an actual number. And that number goes from minus two to plus two. So if it's at a plus two, 
It's basically saying that we want to be twice as overweighted on a risk-adjusted basis to that particular investment compared to other things in the marketplace. So whatever that methodology that you use, the idea is, is how are you going to score your opportunities so that you can keep them in mind and rank them and then say, I want more of this, less of that. I know this is basic, but it's amazing how many people don't do this. So again, we started off with I, intelligent portfolio construction, which means well diversified. You're able to adapt to market conditions. You're open-minded into where you could go. Number two is capital allocation, right? A methodical way to rank your opportunities that's rational based on evidence and sound economic rationale. That is the key. If you've read my book, The Financial Freedom Blueprint, you know I talk about this. Having a way that is based on evidence. There is no perfect indicator or no perfect way to analyze all investments, but there are some methods that are more effective than others statistically. And if we can just lean those probabilities in our favor, then we have a higher probability that we're going to make a better sound decision over time. Does it work every time? No. But over time, you have a high expectation that you're going to do better than by just going from the hip, right? That's the whole idea. So talking about the, the solution to how to overcome all the noise again. So the third part of this is the A part, the advantage of selection. Now, how is that different from capital allocation? Well, the difference is the capital allocation says once I've actually found where I want to be in general, then how do I rank my opportunities relative to each other? The advantage of selection is different. It's more about screening and filtering and eliminating investment options that do not meet stringent criteria. So it's, it's almost actually before the capital allocation. This is the elimination process to find only those investments that aim directly to where you can find attractive investments. So it's really a process of elimination and bring, whittling the universe down. That's the A, the advantage of selection. Securities are selected for return potential, reasonable costs, and acceptable risks. So let's go through those first uh, one by one. We talked about return potential. Return potential can be technical or it could be fundamental. It could be based on growth in earnings. You know, companies that are growing their earnings, if they're going to grow their earnings from, you know, a billion dollars of revenue uh, with a profit margin of 10% to 10 billion over five years, right? And their profit margins expand, you're going to make a lot of money with that investment, right? That's one, one way of looking at it. Another one would have to be momentum. For example, if the momentum is in, improving, you have a higher probability of doing well in that investment versus one that does not have the momentum. So return potential. The second is costs. A lot of people underestimate costs. Now, we invest in securities directly, and I believe that more people should invest in securities directly because you don't have all those extra fees. You're not, you're not accepting a lot of investments in your portfolio because they're part of a packaged product. You're more targeted. You're still diversified, uh, and you're not paying excessive fees. You could screen out for stocks that have good bid-ask spreads so that they're liquid and that you're not paying a lot in transaction costs. In today's environment, we don't pay commissions. There's always some cost in there, though, when you buy and sell. This, the, the impact cost of when you're buying and selling, if you're buying $5 million of a stock and you're trying to get it filled immediately, you're going to have some cost. Uh, 
If you're, you know, if you're in a situation where it's a thinly traded security, it, the bid ask spread could be big. So, you know, but you can manage all of that when you are, are, are buying those individual investments directly. You have a lot more control. So the other part of this has to do with the acceptable risks side. So you can eliminate the super high risk investments out of your portfolio rather than owning everything. And some, or what you can do is you can have a higher risk investment and buy less of it so that it's, it's really weighted correctly in your portfolio so you could still make money from that higher risk investment, but you're not sticking your neck out too far because you've, you've limited the amount. So that has to do with risk weighting. Uh, and, and all of this, when you put this together, this solves for a lot of the pain that a lot of people go through. Are you going to have ups and downs? Absolutely. But over the long run, you have a very high expectation that you're going to do better if you follow this disciplined, intelligent capital advantage philosophy that I follow, my firm follows, I recommend you follow it. And as we see numbers, if they keep getting worse, let's say Amazon rolls over. Let's say uh, things just don't look good from the headlines. If you're following this, you have a much better chance of success. So that's kind of my message for today. Pretty simple. I, like again, the situation is, as we see slowing, the implications are maybe we have more of a recession. We have a lot of people that are on hold. So if you're if you're in that position where you're kind of putting things on hold, this could be part of your action plan, this intelligent capital advantage to help you make better solid decisions and not be stressed out because another big part of being successful is not to be stressed out. All right. Well, uh, what else can I tell you today? I guess the other thing I would mention to you, hey, if you have not picked up my book, The Financial Freedom Blueprint, go to... Uh, path to realwealth.com path to realwealth.com and you can get pick up a signed copy I'll sign the copy a copy of the book for you and uh, read it the first chapter talks about staying ahead of the herd and then I go through how to manage risk how to set up a plan what are the the seven steps that you need to set up a plan correctly for yourself um, and then I answer a bunch of common questions that people have about should I pay off my mortgage what should I do with my company stock um, what do I do with my pension if I have a pension and all of these kind of common things that people con concern are concerned with when it comes to a financial plan. Because in order for you to have good success, you must do the investment side that we talked about, but you also must have a solid plan. So I highly recommend pick up that book. Thank you for joining me. If you like this, please like, subscribe, uh, share this with your friend, your colleagues, your business associates, and I hope to talk to you soon. The information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure.